James had come on to the funeral, but his wife had not. She could not leave the children. That is what he said. She said privately to him that she would not go. She never was willing to leave New York except for Europe or for summer vacations. And a trip to Denver in November to attend a funeral was not a possibility to her mind. Ellen and Adelaide were both there. They felt it a duty, but neither of their husbands had come. Mr Jennings could not leave his classes in Cambridge, and Mr Roswell could not leave his business in Pittsburgh. That's what they said. The last services were over. They had had a cold, melancholy lunch, and were all to take the night train home again. Meanwhile, the lawyer was coming out at four to read the will. It's only a formality. There can't be much left. No, I suppose not. A long illness eats up everything. Well, what are we going to do with Mother? Why, of course, we could take her. It would depend a good deal on how much property there is. I mean, on where she'd want to go. Edward's salary is more than needed now. She can come to me if she prefers, of course, but I don't think it would be very pleasant for her. Mother never did like Pittsburgh. Let me see. How old is Mother? Oh, she's all of fifty, and much broken, I think. It's been a long strain, you know. I should think you could make her more comfortable than either of us, James, with your big house. I think a woman is always happier with a son than with a daughter's husband. I've always thought so. That is often true, but it depends. Perhaps if she stayed with me, you could help some. Of course, of course, I could do that. She might fit it between you, take turns, and I could pay her board. About how much ought it to amount to? We might as well arrange everything now. Things cost awfully in these days, but of course it would be only just what it costs. I shouldn't want to make anything. It's working care, Ellen, and you may as well admit it. You need all your strength with those sickly children and Edward on your hands. When she comes to me, there need be no expense. James except for clothes. I have room enough and Mr. Oswald will never notice the difference in the house bills. But he does hate to pay out money for clothes. Mother must be provided for properly. How much ought it to cost a year for clothes? You know what your wife's cost? Oh, no. That's no criterion. Maudie's in society, you see. Mother wouldn't dream of having so much. Board and clothes, all toad. What should you say, Ellen? Food. Just plain food materials. Costs all of four dollars a week now, for one person. And heat and light and extra service. I should think six a week would be the least, James. And for clothes and car fare and small expenses, I should say, well, three hundred dollars? That'll make it over six hundred a year. How about Oswald sharing that? Adelaide. I do not think he would be willing, James. Of course, if it were absolutely necessary. Yes, money enough. Yes, but he never seems to have any outside of his business, and he has his own parents to carry now. No, I can give her a home, but that's all. You see, you'd have none of the care and trouble, James. We, the girls, are each willing to have her with us, while perhaps Maud wouldn't care to, but if you could just pay the money. Maybe there's some left after all. And this place ought to sell for something. This place was a piece of rolling land within ten miles of Denver. It had a bit of river bottom and ran up towards the foothills from the house. The view ran north and south along the precipitous ranks of the big Rockies to westward. To the east lay the vast stretches of sloping plain. There ought to be at least six or eight thousand dollars from it, I should say. Speaking of clothes, I see Mother didn't get any new black. She's always worn it as long as I can remember. Mother's a long time. I wonder if she wants anything. I'll go up and see. 
No, she said she wanted to be alone. And rest. She said she'd be down by the time Mr. Franklin got here. She's bearing it pretty well. It's not like a broken heart. Of course, father meant well. He was a man who always did his duty, but we none of us loved him very much. He's dead and buried. We can at least respect his memory. We've hardly seen mother under that black veil. It must have aged her, this long nursing. She had help toward the last. A man nurse. Yes, but a long illness is an awful strain. And mother never was good at nursing. She has surely done her duty. And now she's entitled to rest. I wonder how soon we can close up affairs here and get her off this place. There might be enough in it to give her almost a living, properly invested. How I did hate to live here. So did I. So did I. We don't any of us seem to be very affectionate about mother. I don't know why it is. We never were an affectionate family, I guess. Nobody could be affectionate with father. And mother, poor mother, she's had an awful life. Mother has always done her duty, and so the father, as he saw it. Now we do ours. Ah, here comes the lawyer. I'll call mother. Mother, oh mother, Mr. Franklin's come. I know it. Tell him to go ahead and read the will. I know what's in it. I'll be down in a few minutes. Quite natural, of course. Under circumstances, sorry I couldn't get to the Humble case on this morning. The estate is left to be divided among the children in four equal parts, two of the son and one each to the daughters after the mother's legal share had been deducted. They are furthermore directed to provide for their mother where he she lived. The estate, as described it, consisted of the ranch, the large rambling house on it, with all the furniture, stock, and implements, and some five thousand dollars in mining stocks. That is less than I supposed. This will was made ten years ago. I have done business for your father since that time. He kept his faculties to the end, and I think that you will find that the property has appreciated. Mrs. Malherson has taken excellent care of the ranch, I understand, and has had some brothers. There is an end to all that now. I'm glad to hear that you say that Mr. McPherson kept his faculties to the last, Mr. Franklin. It's true. I didn't come down to hear that old will. It's no good now. It's there a little well, madam. Not that I know of. Mr. McPherson had no property when he died. No property, my dear lady. Four years ago, he certainly had some. Yes, but three years and a half ago, he gave it all to me. Here are the deeds. You remember that was the panic year. There was a pressure from some of Mr. McPherson's creditors. He thought it would be safer so. Why? Yes. I do remember now his advising with me about it, but I thought the step unnecessary. <clears throat> well, mother. This does complicate matters a little. We were hoping that we could settle up all the business this afternoon, with Mr. Franklin's help, and take you back with us. 
We can't be spared any longer, you see, mother. Can't you deed it back again, mother, to James or to all of us so we can get away? Why should I? Now, mother, we know how badly you feel, and you are nervous and tired, but I told you this morning when we came that we expected to take you back with us. You know you've been packing. Yes, I've been packing. I dare say you are safer to have the property in your name, technically. But now I think that would be the simplest way for you to make it over to me in the lump. And I will see that father's wishes are carried out to the letter. Your father is dead. Yes, mother, we know. We know how you feel. I am alive. Dear mother, it's very tiring to talk business to you at such a time. We all realize it. But we told you we couldn't stay as soon as we got here. And the business has to be settled. It is settled. Perhaps Mr. Franklin can make it clear to you. I do not doubt that your mother understands perfectly. I have always found her a woman of remarkable intelligence. Thank you, Mr. Franklin. Possibly you may be able to make my children understand that this property, such as it is, is mine now. Why? Assuredly, assuredly, Mrs. McPherson, we will all see that, but we assume, as a matter of course, that you will consider Mr. McPherson's wishes in regard to the disposition of the estate. I've considered Mr. McPherson's wishes for thirty years. Now I'll consider mine. I've done my duty since the day I married him. It is eleven hundred days today. But, madam, your children... I have no children, Mr. Franklin. I have two daughters and a son. These two grown persons here, grown up, married, having children of their own, or ought to have, were my children. I did my duty by them, and they did their duty by me, and would yet, no doubt. But they don't have to. I'm tired of duty. You don't know how things have been going on here. I didn't trouble you with my affairs, but I'll tell you now. When your father saw fit to make over the property to me, to save it, and when he knew that he hadn't many years to live, I took hold of things. I had to have a nurse for your father, and a doctor coming. The house was a sort of hospital, so I made it a little more so. I had half a dozen patients and nurses here, and made money by it. I ran the garden, kept cows, raised my own chickens, worked outdoors, slept out of doors. I'm a stronger woman today than I ever was in my life. Your father's property amounted to about $8,000 when he died. That would be 4000 to James and 2000 to each of the girls. That I'm willing to give you now, each of you, in your own name. But if my daughters will take my advice, they'd better let me send them the yearly income, in cash, to spend as they like. It is good for a woman to have some money of her own. I think you are right, mother. Yes, indeed. Don't you need it yourself, mother? No, James. I shall keep the ranch, you see. I have good reliable help. I've made $2,000 a year. Clear. Off it so far. And now I've rented it for that to a doctor friend of mine. A woman doctor. I think you have done remarkably well, Mrs. McHasson. Wonderfully well. And you'll have an income of $2,000 a year. You'll come and live with me, won't you? Thank you, my dear. I will not. You're more than welcome in my big house. No, thank you, my dear. I don't doubt Maud will be glad to have you. I do. I doubt it very much. No, thank you, my dear. But what are you going to do? I'm going to do what I never did before. I'm going to live. With a firm, swift step, the tall figure moved to the window and pulled up the lowered shades. The brilliant Colorado sunshine poured into the room. She threw off the long black veil. That's borrowed. I didn't want to hurt your feelings at the funeral. 
She unbuttoned the long black cloak and dropped it at her feet, standing there in the full sunlight, a little flushed and smiling, dressed in a well-made travelling suit of dull mixed colours. If you want to know my plans, I'll tell you. I've got $6,000 of my own. I've earned it in three years, off of my little rancho sanitarium. 1000 I have put in for the savings bank, to bring me back from anywhere on earth, and to put me in an old lady's home, if it's necessary. Here is an agreement with a cremation company. They'll import me, if necessary, and have me duly, expurgated, or they don't get the money. But I've got $5,000 to play with, and I'm going to play. Why, mother? At your age. I knew you wouldn't any of you understand. But it doesn't matter anymore. 30 years I've given you, and your father. Now I'll have 30 years of my own. Are you... are you sure you're well, mother? (laughs) (laughs) Well, really well. Never was better. I've been doing business up to today. Good medical testimony, that. No question of my sanity, my dears. I want you to grasp the fact that your mother is a real person with some interests of her own and half a lifetime yet. The first 20 didn't count for much. I was growing up and couldn't help myself. The last 30 have been... hard. James perhaps realizes that more than you girls. But you all know it. Now, I'm free. Where do you mean to go, Mother? To New Zealand. I've always wanted to go there. Now I'm going. And to Australia, and Tasmania, and Madagascar, and Terra del Fuego. I shall be gone sometime. They separated that night. Three going east, one west.